Welcome to Africa Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. It's a new year and we have a lot planned on the best and brightest African writers on the continent. We're excited to bring you another star this month, Uba Christina Alifara, a Somali writer. She shot to literary fame with Piccola Mamma, which has been translated to Little Mother, a novel about cousins separated by the civil war in Somalia. Her latest work is a contribution to Benthology a series of short stories put out by Deep Vellum Publishing. It includes writers from the seven Muslim-majority countries banned by the U.S., Iran, Iraq, Libya, Syria, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen. We spoke to Uba to find out what her short story, Jujub, is all about. I was reading at the time when I decided to write a story. I, would, I was reading Angela Carter, which I love, and I was reading The Bloody Chamber. And I was so fascinated by her writing, her stories, that I thought perhaps I just want to write a fantastic tale when I try to approach the issue of trauma, but that is not so evident. So we have the, the voice of the girl who is telling the story, but by the way she tells the story, we are not sure that she is saying the truth. I mean, she is making up things because of the trauma. So it happened to me very often that I talk to people that, I mean, I grew up in Mogadishu and I left Mogadishu when I was 18 during the civil war. So during the years, I, I, I realized that people People, not easy at all to tell a very dramatic story. So you end up telling the story with gaps. You, you don't remember everything. You try to reconstruct things. And uh, so I, I just wanted through the, the language to convey this kind of feeling of um, how can a story which cannot be told, that it's very, it's very difficult to be told. Well I, well, I mean, yes. I mean, it seems that there are two stories going on at the same time. And the story, yes. the first voice, the primary voice that you hear is is Ayan, who is who lovingly speaks about her mother. And, and in fact, it seems as she relates to her life in Italy. But then there's also an official voice in your story, which you denote in italics. So you're telling two stories, but actually the same. Can you explain that? Yes, so there is a part where she's talking about her past in Somalia with her lovely mother, and uh, which is medicine woman. And so there are many references to the trees, to plants in Somalia. And so it's like an Eden. I wanted to make this kind of, uh, um, this country before the war, how, how it was. And so she's sort of imagining this kind of Eden, this paradise where she used to live with her mother. And then we have another part where she's talking about her life in in Italy, or it could be everywhere, perhaps also in a northern country, which is very dark. She's not used to, and um, and, and that's where I, I I was so inspired by Angela Carter's writing. And then we have this kind of italics, which is the interpreter voice. With, I think that when you have an interview to, to become a refugee, you always have this kind of very formal conversations with lawyers and so on. And so from the voice of the interpreter, we imagine that the story she is telling is not complete 
So she's she's not hiding something, but he says that something happened to her. But we don't hear this from her own voice. It's, it's the interpreter that suggests that there are gaps in the storytelling that she's offering. So basically, the report voice speaks of this abuse and, and violence. And, yes. And it fits into this anthology because... As you are Somali yourself, Somalia is one of the countries that the U.S. has banned. Um, and, and when people see refugees or asylum seekers, do you believe that when they see these words, do they sometimes diminish the story that the person has or the reason why the person has left their own country? Yes, I think so. Because, I mean, uh, through the medias, we, we always hear numbers. and But it's very difficult to hear the single voice and the single story of the single person. And I think that sometimes also there is a sort of um, indulgence when people talk about violence because people are not ready to hear very violent uh, stories. So sometimes I think that showing the impossibility to say a story is, is something very maybe stronger than to tell the actual violence that somebody had faced somehow. So we're talking about, you know, trauma and abuse, but there's also another side of your short story, and that is the visual significance that you give, even the title, Jujube. Could you tell us about the, I guess, the bounty of Somali flora and fauna? I mean, that seems that um, she has a direct connection to this and, and with her mother. Yes, yeah. Oh, it was very beautiful because, I mean, several years ago I was working, and now I live in Brussels, but in in Rome I was working with refugees, and I was working in an archive of Somali, and because you know we don't have any more libraries or archives in Somalia, so in this university they collected a lot of material from the, the oral tradition, and so on, and particularly there were a so a long list of conversations between the elders that were talking about about the plants. And apparently this jujube tree is something that it's considered very important for the tradition because you can do many things with it. It's believed also to be magical and to cure many illnesses. So um, it's like a talisman. In the story, she hides herself under a jujube tree and suddenly she becomes the, the jujube itself. In fact, in Italian, the, the title was I capelli del jujolo, which means the jujube hair because... Yeah, because she becomes herself something that is magical. And I always believe that. And I think that the most important thing is always the imagery, because the imagery and the culture and the tales uh, give us the key to understand the world uh, against every kind of rhetoric. And they give you somehow the meaning of life and a way to find yourself. Even if you are in in a different place, you can explain things through the different tales of your culture or with another imagery. And now, here's an excerpt from the short story Jujube, read by Uba Christina Alifara. Mama prescribes earth almond flour, melted butter, and honey for newlyweds, qura'a pods for parasites, aloe extract for swelling, armo leaves for broken bones. She also prepares a dessert containing acacia raisin and goat milk for the holidays. Yet the most rated tree to, for her, the one she always takes us to see in the middle of her temple of medicine, medicinal plants, is the gob, the jujube. You see this stick, she says, its roots grow in the sky, it cures ulcers and wounds, nausea and abscesses. 
Whoever dies with jujube seeds in their body goes directly to heaven. From its flowers, she extracts an infusion for the eyes. And when it's the season, we got big baskets to gather its fruits. When we get home, Mama candies them, dress them out, and brings them up so as to always have a serve for her remedies and cures in the pantry. She sifts the fruit with her mortar, a necklace of amber yolks around her neck. Are you working on something now? I mean, what could people expect from Uba Christina Alifara? So now I'm writing. It's a very long project that I had several years ago. I did a PhD in African study on the Somali popular theater, which was born during the period of the independence fights. So I just wanted to write a novel on the theater in that period, from the 50s to the 60s, when Italians went back to Somalia just after the war for the ship and the English were there as well. So I think Mogadishu was a very cosmopolitan city. And this this idea of this uh, forced to live together again with Italians, that's what happened in those years of nationalism. And I think that it's very important because in Italy, we, there are not novels, many novels written about this story. And my last novel, Il Comandante del Fiume, the commander of the river, was just translated by Hope, the translator of the Juju, and she won a pen award for that. So hopefully we will have it published in English soon. That's all the time we have today for Africa Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. If you enjoyed this show and want to listen to more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Check out RFI and scroll down to Africa Stories in the 55 and push subscribe. We'll have a new program out the last Wednesday of each month. Until next time. <laughs>